When you hear the word Botox, what do you think of? Most of us are familiar with it as something that gets rid of wrinkles, but do you understand how it works and why? Are you aware that it has a multitude of uses other than making us look younger? Are you fearful of adverse results or getting botulism from having these injections? Do you worry that it will permanently distort your face or blow your lips up and make you look like a duck? (laughs) Find out the details of the good, the bad, and the ugly in Botox Unwrinkled, a three-part series on This Old Tooth. Hello everyone, you are listening to episode number 41 of This Old Tooth, a podcast devoted to providing you with honest, agenda-free information about how you can get and keep a beautiful, healthy smile for life. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Germain, and on today's episode, I will begin a three-part series called Botox Unwrinkled. So today, in part one, I will discuss Botox Basics the happy accident that led to its discovery, what it is, what it's not, how and why it works, and information in general so that you can decide whether it is right for you. Botulinum toxin, commonly known as Botox, is a neurotoxic protein produced by the bacterium Clostridium botulinum. It is estimated that more than 11 million people worldwide have used Botox, And you can tell by those numbers that it is obviously a very common non-surgical cosmetic procedure. But the scary part is that botulinum toxin could be the most poisonous poison there is. During World War II, military scientists experimented with it. And even though it can be 100 times more toxic than cyanide, it was discovered that it is very difficult to turn it into a bioweapon. Thank goodness. A single gram of this toxin could theoretically kill more than a million people if dispersed into the air and then inhaled. So how is it possible that something that is potentially an extremely lethal substance has become such a widely accepted common injectable for wrinkles? So let's start at the beginning. Before botulinum toxin became a potential bioweapon, and way before it became a smoother of crow's feet as the drug Botox, botulism was historically a type of food poisoning, and the toxin lurked in sausage and cured meats. I remember when I was a kid, my mother used to say, don't buy cans that are either swollen or dented because you could get botulism. Botulism, the illness, caused by this toxin first received some scientific attention in rural Germany in the late 18th century. So officials in Stuttgart saw an increase in what they called sausage poisoning in the wake of the Napoleonic Wars, possibly due to poor sanitation and widespread poverty. But then in the 1820s, a young German physician named Justinus Kerner was the first scientist to actually publish a comprehensive description of the disease. After analyzing more than 200 cases of suspected sausage poisoning, he described the classic symptoms of botulism, muscle weakness leading to drooping eyelids, 
difficulty swallowing and respiratory failure. He actually even sampled a few drops of this extract himself. Now he survived, though it caused a great, as he described it, drying out of the palate and pharynx, meaning his throat and the roof of his mouth. Now I want you to remember that part. Because in this series, when I start talking about the therapeutic value of Botox, I will be referring back to Dr. Kerner's experience when he injected the toxin into himself. Now let's fast forward to just 40 years ago, when ophthalmologist Dr. Alan Scott tried an unprecedented way to help a patient who had undergone three failed operations for double vision. He injected a very mild form of botulinum toxin, which at the time was considered still the world's deadliest poison, into the patient's eye muscle. And the outcome was successful. So Dr. Scott became hailed as the father of what later came to be called Botox. Then, in 1987, Vancouver doctors Jean and Alastair Carruthers accidentally discovered cosmetic effects of the toxin. Jean, an ophthalmologist, was using it on a patient to treat something called strabismus, also known as wall-eyed, cross-eyed, or lazy eye. The treatment for her patient was successful, but when the patient came back, she asked to be injected on the other side because the injections had made her crow's feet go away. Jean shared the information with her husband, Alistair, who was a dermatologist. He became the first dermatologist to offer it to his patients as a cosmetic procedure. And I guess you can say the rest was history. So what is this magic potion? How do we control it? Why does it work? And why doesn't it make us sick? To begin with, Botox is a brand name for one of the types of FDA-approved botulinum neurotoxin. It is a trade name for the product made by a company called Allergan, much like Kleenex has become synonymous with facial tissues, but really is just a specific brand. But because it was first on the market and the first to be approved by the FDA, Botox has become synonymous with all brands of botulinum neurotoxin. So along with Botox, there are other FDA-approved botulinum neurotoxin products on the market, such as Dysport and Xeomin, which are made by other companies, but are used for the same purpose. But the most surprising thing of all is that it doesn't really work on the wrinkles per se. Certainly not directly. When used for cosmetic reasons on the face, it is being injected into the facial muscles that create the wrinkles. So let me explain. The facial muscles, the ones that make us frown, smile, raise our eyebrows, originate in the fascia or the bones of the skull, but then insert into the skin. Other muscles in the body are bone-to-bone -bone connections, and when they contract, create our ability to move. But when the muscles in the face contract, they pull the skin with it because that's where it's inserting and a wrinkle is created. And if you remember your mother saying, hey, don't make that face because it's gonna stick, she was right. Over time, as we age and the muscles continue to contract during facial expression, the skin is constantly being pulled 
And with aging comes a decrease in the elasticity of the skin and the wrinkles get deeper and deeper. Botox is used to selectively relax muscles, not paralyze them, relax them. It is really not my goal to get too technical about how Botox works, but I think it is important to mention that on a cellular level, how it works is that it interferes with something called acetylcholine, the substance that is necessary for muscle contraction in our bodies. So the biggest question is, when it is injected, how come we don't get botulism from it? It is because the FDA-approved products that are being used in a medical setting are purified. The bacterial component is completely removed. And what remains is a protein that will still interfere with the contraction of the muscles because it will inhibit the acetylcholine, but the effects will not multiply because the amount of toxin is placed will not increase. When people were exposed to botulism from poorly refrigerated foods, such as the sausage in the 1800s, they developed a bacterial infection. So initially, when it just decreased the patient's ability to breathe because it was relaxing the diaphragm muscles, the bacterial growth multiplied the effects of the relaxation and ultimately led to paralysis of the diaphragm. This is not possible with the medical grade purified product that we're using today since this bacterial component has been removed and the effects of the Botox eventually wear off. Well, that's the good news and the bad news because when it works, it works really well. On my next show, I will continue this series and do part two. On that episode, I will discuss everything you need to know about cosmetic procedures and how to keep from looking surprised all the time. And now for a fun fact. In 1994, a West Virginia prison inmate braided dental floss into a rope, scaled the wall, and escaped. Wow, that was some strong dental floss. If you have any questions about your dental health, please don't hesitate to contact me on my website, thisoldtooth.com. You can message me in the contact me section. And you know I would love it if you would subscribe to my podcast anywhere you're listening. Be sure to tune in next time for part two of Botox Unwrinkled. And until then, thank you for listening. And remember, be true to your teeth or they will be false to you. (laughs) 